All right, everyone, welcome back to another edition of Four Guys in a Comic. This is Tap, and obviously with us today we're doing an interview. So we have Mr. Sean French and Morty Glum, writer and artist, respectfully, of Jesus Island. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. So you guys gave us a little bit of a sneak peek into your book and scrolling through it. First of all, I got to say, Morty, my hat is off to you. The art in this is beyond phenomenal. Blew me away. Unreal. That was the first thing that drew like almost all of us into it. When we all sat down today and we were like started talking about what y'all have done, the first thing that popped up was just like, geez, this art is just like, wow. Even before we started reading anything at all, that was like the first thing. It was just like, boom, in your face. Yeah. Yeah. Then when you start reading it, you just get drawn right into it. And it's like, okay, okay, honey, hold on a minute. I got I got I'm still swiping. (laughs) Yeah, no, the the art was absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, usually on indie type comics like this, the, the art can kind of be hit and miss and whatnot. But I mean, this is it. It drew me in right away, and I was like, "Holy crap, this is amazing!" Um, not only that, but uh, you know, me and Rusty and stuff, we're we're really big horror movie fans. Um, so as you start reading and you're getting into the, some of the art and the and the story and whatnot, it definitely felt like it's a horror movie, like it's. It, it's a comic book version of a horror movie, and I absolutely love that. Um, and hopefully, maybe one of these days, if you guys you know would like to, hopefully one of these days it gets turned into a movie because this is that, phenomenal. That was the that was the original intent. Um, well, I met Sean when he was uh, working on the Wrong House, which was a movie that he directed and acted in, and he needed uh, DVD cover art. And I had been working with a special effects company known as the Shawgoth Assembly, and we met through that. And I had done some um, storyboards and uh, mock-ups, even set design for a couple of other movies before that. And he had presented me with this crazy idea, um, which just by the title alone kind of reminded me of like a grindhouse B-movie, mm. B horror mm-hmm. movie. And uh, reading the script, which was originally to be one single large graphic novel, 100 or so pages, 150 pages. And uh, I just I just said no. This has to be a this has to be a continuing comic. There's too much here that we can run with and have fun with. And it kind of that's what built a lot of the artwork. And part of uh, the curse of it too is it needed to be um, immersive, something that you could fall into, realistic. And so I just went over detail, got wicked stoned, and just worked on every single tiny <laughs> little detail <laughs> to, try, to try to suspend some disbelief, make the reader sit there and, and believe that all these horrible things are happening, because I adore horror movies, and I'm somewhat blasphemous in my normal life, so this worked out perfectly. <laughs> now, now, Sean, why don't you give us a little origin story as to the you know the whole... How you came up with the idea and your, I guess it seems you obviously love horror, so. Yeah, I, uh, the the initial story came to me in the parking lot after watching the first Jurassic Park movie. Um, I actually knocked out the first outline of it in my car. There there was a story that it played on the radio. Uh, Some people had claimed that they found the Shroud of Turin. I just watched Jurassic Park. The two stories connected and I just sat in my car giggling for 15 or 20 minutes while scribbling out this outline of this movie that was, you know, Jurassic Park, but instead of dinosaurs, it's, you know, mutant Jesus clones that get loose one stormy <laughs> night to wreak havoc. And, uh, you know, I, I was a stand-up comic at the time, and I, I did it as a bit, you know, on stage for a little while, and then it kind of fell away. But the story just stuck with me. There was something to it. And over the years, you know, I kept 
chipping away at it and working a little more and a little more. And I mentioned it to people, and they all reacted like I was completely nuts, <laughs> um, with the exception of Mortimer. He's really the first guy that when I told him that I really wanted to make Escape from Jesus Island, that he not only wasn't repulsed, but he started immediately adding to it and making it even more horrible than what I had initially envisioned. <laughs> and it, well, it is horrible. If you have two crazy people that talk to pantyhose and they live in an asylum walking <laughs> around, you know, in their little gurneys, that's pretty much what he and I are, is two um, people that speak the same wavelength of screwed up. And, uh, yeah, it was kind of a dark form of kismet, I guess. <laughs> We're a bad influence on each other. Yeah. Well, and to yeah. your credit, it is... It is definitely a horror title. I mean, yes. I oh, think yeah. all four of us were freaked out reading this thing. Yeah, it's not something you want to read in the dark. <laughs> right before bed, you yeah, know. Yeah, right just, before uh... bed, sitting on my iPad. I'm like, what the? Yeah, no, it was. Let me sit there and think about life for a second real fast. <laughs> and we're just getting into the crazy stuff. I mean, we had in the first four issues, you kind of have to do all the groundwork and set everything up. And now, especially with issue four, um, it feels like the wheels are kind of in motion with the story, and it's full speed through the end of Act One. Yeah, there's a lot of character development that has to happen, and yeah. sometimes I can seem almost disjointed because you have to go to this character and this situation and build the personas so everyone understands the players. I mean, issue one was teenagers breaking into the asylum. That had to be uh, sort of pilot zero episode of, you know, welcome to hell. And uh, then we build the characters from two, three, and four. So now it has legs. So now going forward, our fans understand. Oh, I, I understand this guy. This guy's motivations, and then we can develop and build from there. Very, Very cool. cool. So it seems like you have this planned out for a long time. How far out are y'all right now in planning? About twenty-three years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at our current pace, it's scary. Um, but the the, issue, the the story's broken down into five acts that are eight episodes each. So uh, act, act one is the story of the Vatican invasion on the island where they're trying to steal Jesus for themselves. Um, and then we have four more acts that are each tele, you know, a further section. You know, it's like a time jump between act one and act two. And then we're following the story that way. But we have it blocked out through 40 issues. Notice. At our current cool. pace, we take, you know, <laughs> no. insane amount of what is your guys's background like before all this? So I guess Sean first. So what is you, you know Mormon said something about you doing a movie and acting. So what was your kind of background before launching this uh, this title? Uh, I, I was a newspaper writer for a while. I was a sports editor at a film critic, um, and I played monsters and done stunt work in a lot of bad movies you've never heard of. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I wrote and directed a flick called The Wrong House back in 2008. And my wife and I played uh, serial killers in that. And uh, that was actually inspired by a break-in at our house that oh, we needed wow. something to do with the anger. So we shot the movie at our house and played the serial killers ourselves and hunted down the people who broke in. So that was therapeutic and fun. <laughs> and uh, ended up leading to the uh, collaboration with Mortimer, which has been amazing. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Have you, cool. Did you were you guys friends before the project, or we had met uh, in passing a few times, uh, but it's mainly through the project that we've gotten really close and uh, direct contact, and kind of built this this monster that first was ours, and then became the fans because we had so much fan involvement. Like every yeah. single character that you see in that book, 
every monster, every villain, every hero is actually a fan of the comic. We wow. did that through our Kickstarter and our Facebook, just a, as a form of guerrilla marketing. You know, uh, bring in friends and we'll make you a mutant and so forth and so on. It just blew up. It was such a fun idea. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah we had more than 20 fans just in it in episode four that just came out. Oh, very nice. And we'll be well over 100 in Act 1. Uh, so, Mortimer, what is your background? Um, obviously art, but like, are you self-taught? Did you go to school for it? Graphic design? Um, okay, so I started, I think it's uh, close to 24 years ago was the first time I was published, and that was uh, for TSR, Dragon Magazine. They did a lot of Dungeons & Dragons supplements and so forth. So um, I was a young, like I think it was like 17-year-old kid, and uh, just kind of started, and I was mainly self-taught. I did uh, one year of art school, just got bored of that, and focused on repetition, just um, working as much as I could, learning through the industry. And from that, uh, it's been a lot of record covers. I did a lot of covers for books and magazines, um, uh, for a lot of local bands, and uh, comic books. I started with comic books. Um, it wasn't very, <laughs> it was a bad, bad beginning. Um, they had uh, this young girl who was like the shop owner of this comic book store inking my pencils, and it just turned into a terrible, terrible look. I did about uh, eight comics, got burned out and didn't want to do it anymore, and uh, just did a lot of art for uh, mainly music, Wonder Drug Records, and I was in a band, we put out three albums and did a lot of artwork through that, and uh, it just kind of fell back into uh, comic books. Um, many years later, it just dawned on me that this is where I was supposed to do. If I failed at it the first time, then I need to really, you know, dig my heels in and do it right this time. Very cool. So I'm assuming you work all digitally then, nowadays, no. I should say? Well, I do all the color digitally. Um, I'm colorblind, so using um, Adobe is very helpful to adjusting my colors, saturations, and values, working with my editor to fix my reds and greens. But, um, a lot of it is uh, blue pencils, really soft, and it gives me all my construction and all my views. And then I kind of import that and begin the coloring and layering stage over and over again. Because before that, before Adobe, before all this, I was a painter. So, oh, okay. uh, so that I took everything that I learned from that, and I was able to build and paint in Adobe, which took a long time to learn. It wasn't natural. <laughs> But uh, it's a lot easier now, for especially with all the corrections you have to make in comic books. Well, no, well, fantastic, both of you guys. The writing, the art, everything yeah. is phenomenal in this book. So, Thank um, you. I can honestly say, when I first read, I didn't know what to expect, um, <laughs> and I was absolutely blown away. It was, I was like, this is really good. I'm, I'm enjoying this. So, great job. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at the cover of uh, Act One, Episode Three, and it is. It is gorgeous. I mean, in all the wrong ways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like bleeding cover, from the wrist. What do you have? Because uh, we have a t- we have usually some alternate covers for each of the episodes. They have the main oh. cover. Main it's, cover. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like a priest. Yeah, that's the one of the main characters, Yeshua. And everything in that cover, because I love to, you know, it's just how my brain works. I like to hide things. And every one of these comics, you'll find little hidden mm. items within the backgrounds and. Hell, I think I've hidden a gnome in every single issue. <laughs> <laughs> but well, on that cover, yeah. that cover, every weapon that you see there, everything that yeah. he's doing is actually a metaphor for what's happening in the actual issue. Wow. Oh. All right. So, 
dealing with comics, uh, this is a question for both y'all. Y'all can take it at whatever pace y'all want or whatever. But uh, growing up, what comics did y'all read? You gonna start, Sean? Uh, I was big on Conan. Conan Junkie Mad Magazine was enormous for me. That was really probably my first exposure. Uh, and one of the first places that um, I, I kind of learned in terms of writing comedy structure as well. Um, Mad was a big influence on me. Um, but Conan were the comics that I grew up uh, with. And then later, as, as I got older, I get into more horror comics. Um, the Walking Dead was a series that I looked at a lot when I was trying to learn how to break up what had been a, a single film script in, into eight episodes, which is a whole different skill set that I just didn't have. Uh, so I looked at the way they did some of the long, long-term long uh, storytelling and, and the way they broke down their stories, and uh, and that was really useful for me. Very cool. So what about you, uh, Mortimer? Uh, growing up, I loved... Uh, my father had this uh, very large collection of Tales from the Crypt. And they very were all cool. compendiums. So... Uh, my first exposure was Jack Davis and the way he would do these zombies with this with the string in the mouth and the saliva and coming out from the dirt and it was just horrifying and I loved it. And from there it was Erie magazine and that introduced me to Bernie Wrightson and everything that Bernie's done, which is Swamp Thing and Witching Hour by DC and these comics that didn't get a lot of uh, you know huge appeal but to me really sunk in about Storytelling. A lot of the storytelling done with just harsh shadows and bright lights and um, highlights and not a lot of colors, all very flat and bleak. And uh, to me, that tells a hell of a story. You, you kind of get that feeling of unease by the way that they sculpted a lot of those shadows. And that, uh, that it was a huge influence. For color work, it was, of course, Frank Frazetta. Everything Frazetta did, I was just trying to emulate to the best of my ability, failing, of course, but <laughs> I loved everything that he did. And come the 90s, they had, of course, the explosion of the extreme comics. So you get <laughs> you go through all of those bad comics, too, because you're a kid. And um, I loved The Demon by DC. I thought that was phenomenal. A lot of fun. Uh, Lobo was great. So it was, a, it was a crazy time for comics. Some of them were horrible looking back on them, but some were, were, were genuinely very good. Um, I think one of my favorites is Transmetropolitan. I just think that's a fantastic comic book. Yeah. It's crazy how relatable it is now with yes. the uh, U.S. election. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, the Smiler. The Smiler, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I noticed about uh, the comic uh, Escape from Jesus Island is there's actually a lot of variety in terms of, you know, you'll go from regular comic format to they're looking through uh, files and documents, and all of a sudden you've got almost, not prose, but like sort of document filled out. And uh, there's it, there's a lot of variety, and it really keeps you on your toes as a reader as well, just sort of changing pace and, you know, keeping up with it all. Yeah. Um, one thing that uh, in storytelling, I have some students that I teach this to, is it's called eye, eye fatigue. And in comic books, the same color, the same shot, um, like think of yourself as a cameraman, for too long creates eye fatigue. And no matter how good the panels are, you get kind of tired of looking at that same color scheme, that same angle. So you have to break it up. You have to go from your normal format to some crazy panels. Uh, you have to change the point of view, and you definitely have to change your color scheme from scene to scene to... Uh, refresh the eye, make it exciting and not boring to read. 
Yeah, and you, there's tricks like that with writing as well, um, especially when you have to set up a lot of story. It, it can be tricky to not kind of devolve into just pages and pages of exposition where characters are telling each other things they already know. And I hate that so much. Um, so the fake articles and actually seeing some of the documents, that's just kind of a way to, to get this backstory worked in there in a way that uh, doesn't feel like it's shoehorned in and is still entertaining to read and uh, it isn't just a couple talking heads trying to relay tons of information, which generally bores the crap out of me. Yeah, have you guys uh, told Alan more of this stuff? Because uh, <laughs> I love his work, but man, sometimes I find myself yawning way too often. Yeah, it can, it can happen. That's absolutely true. Um, I think really the way the way that we do things um, is we want to present it like you, as if you're watching a movie, unless like a comic book. Comic books are great, and there's a million ways to skin a cat when it comes to comic books. But for Jesus Island. Uh, think of it like if you are watching something on Showtime, you're going to have a lot of different camera switches, you're going to have some humor, and it's going to be presented in a bunch of different ways. And we really want to see this one day as some type of movie or series that was originally the idea is to get this IP off the ground and, and make it bigger. Um, so, I mean, it's, that's, that's one of the, the dreams that we have. But in the meantime, we can just try to present it like we, as if you were just kind of turning on the TV and here we go. This is, you know, um, this week's episode of Jesus Island. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tales from the Crypt is, is an obvious in, influence with the way we do the intros. Oh, yeah. Yes, basically, the intros are awesome. It's kind of our Crypt Keeper. Yeah, he's our Crypt Keeper meets, meets our Archie Bunker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, the, the intros are great. Um <laughs> So I guess a very important question here is for those listening that want to check it out and for us to continue to be able to read this as you guys go on, where can people pick this up at? Is it anywhere digitally? Is it, are you guys in Diamond where they can order it from the stores? Uh, we're, in, we're in Comixology, uh, Amazon, um, and you can find us at JesusIsland.com or JesusIslandStore.com is our direct site. Yep. And we're currently working on a trade paperback that we'll be putting in the Diamond catalog. Okay, and we'll be launching awesome. a Kickstarter for that that we're currently putting together, um, where we'll be having lots of chances to become characters in the story, like we talked about before. You can be one of the Antichrist Apostle. You can be one of the Vatican Black Ops Commandos. You can be um, one of the million people that get their heads punched off. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's now, there's, a lot of cards to come. There's a lot of people out there who sort of, you know, you guys are indie, so it's kind of hard for them to give their money and. Um, for those people, I've got two words, two words that have backed you, uh, and they, they, these two words make up a name, Clive Barker. Yes. Um, he has personally said and recommended your book. Um, so what's, you know, how, I guess, how happy were you guys when that happened? <laughs> I almost fainted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, hap- what happened is, and Cl- Clive is someone that um, kind of invites people to do portraits of themselves. So I did this really badass uh, Cardinal of Horror, Clyde Barker portrait of him, and uh, it's just blood and you know exposed muscle, but it's his va- face. And they posted it on their Facebook, and then somehow, Sean, I don't even know how you did it. You got in touch with um, his boyfriend, I believe. Assistant, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he asked to see some advanced pages. We're still working on issue one at this point, so we sent blowups, um, eleven by seventeen blowups of the first two-thirds of, I think, issue one. Yeah. And he was kind enough to 
to give us an official endorsement we could use and, and to put it out on all his channels. And that opened a lot of doors for us. I mean, that was, in addition to just blowing up fucking minds, it was, uh, it, it was huge. Yeah, that's, that's a huge endorsement awesome. for, for the horror industry. I mean, you guys are doing a lot of stuff. There's gaming miniatures. I mean, just aside from the comic, there's. it seems like you guys obviously have a passion for it, but you're not only trying to limit it to comics, no. um, which is awesome because, you know, there's a lot of comic-related stuff where you wish it sort of expanded past comic books. Oh, absolutely. We're, we're going to make a little fun board game. It's kind of um, in the vein of... Um... Uh, last night on Earth, but you're uh, on Jesus Island, and uh, it, you know, we're developing that for uh, a future Kickstarter, which will be a lot of fun, and those mini- miniatures will come into play. Um, the, the comic book, you know, and everyone knows, especially in indie, there's not going to be a whole lot of money in comic books. I mean, if you break even, that's a success. That's an amazing feat just unto itself. You have to, you have to have passion for it. And the idea, uh, you make more money off the trades, obviously. So you want to get to trades and get those out there. But you have to treat it as, as uh, advertising. So if you can come up with some auxiliary products, if you can come up with a board game, some shirts, some posters, that's where you're going to make your markup and, and your money is trying to create this brand. And But you can't do it in this overt, really lame way. You have to make it so it's fun, like something that I would want to out of a horror comic. And uh, that's really the key to the whole thing. We did What, what was the box of, box of body parts we did? Yeah, we did, uh, we did. We did a little combo where it came with a, a severed ear, which was one of the props I had for my movie that we had made up, or or severed fingers, which we had a. We bought a variety of those from the Shoggoth assembly, uh, of actual like you know film quality, uh, ears and fingers that we gave away as little uh, as little items. We're also working on a uh, for the Kickstarter, a fleshbound Bible. Yeah, that'll be one oh, of the wow. items there. It'll have a face on it, uh, you know, Necronomicon style, with etchings on the back, and then actual notes in it from the Antichrist, his own, his own little page annotations on the Bible. So that'll be a fun little collector's item. Wow. <laughs> Very cool. Now, uh, uh, Sean, I have a question for you as the writer of this uh, freak show, as you call it. Do you ever <laughs> feel like you're going to, uh, as you're writing it, you're going to a place that's a little, <laughs> like, I'm going a little extremely dark here? <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's. Uh, we haven't got to the really dark stuff yet. Really? But I've written it. <laughs> <laughs> really? What about, what about issue two with the room full of uh, dead babies? Yeah. Okay, but that wasn't really in the script. You just no, it wasn't. But I thought it was. Funny. <laughs> that, was that was completely yep. added by you. And what about the bucket of dead puppies in issue three? That was again you. That wasn't oh. in the script. Oh, okay, I forgot. Most of the worst stuff in the script is still upcoming. <laughs> But yeah, it's um, it, it's weird writing for the Antichrist. He's a fun voice in, in his own weird way, but you have to be in a certain type of mood. So anytime I find myself having a bad pain day or I'm kind of pissed off or frustrated, I just use it. I just sit down and rant as the Antichrist, and then I'll find pieces of that that I can use and snip together and actually build into something later. Fair enough. That's yeah. it. Seems like a good. Uh... Instead of doing yoga or some weird shit like that, <laughs> you, could do, you could do this. Do you guys do cons or anything? Like, could people like find you guys like regional cons or national cons? Well, we're going to be at Boston Comic Con. This will be our second time there. 
Uh, we do a lot of regional conventions and Maine, um, and mainly mainly around here. It's just, uh, yeah, I, I think next year we're getting we're going to try to get into um, Emerald Comic Con in Seattle and hopefully New York. We're on the waiting list for that. Very cool. Um, so we have a question we always ask people we interview. Uh, what what comics do you guys read? What um, what's in your pull list, as they call it, uh, stuff like that. Uh, currently, I'm reading Low. Uh, I think that's just the artwork and the story is absolutely fantastic. Uh, Saga um, is mm. fantastic as well, and um, I think it's amazing too that in like the top 25 comics, you had indie, um, basically because Image is still you know, considered yep. indie, you know, because yep. uh, Greater yep. Own is actually in the top 25. That's that's huge to be able to beat the big two and get in there. So uh, those two titles are amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't been able to read as much lately because we've just been crazy with launch months. So I'm behind on everything. Uh, Saga's amazing. Walking Dead, I'm, I'm several behind, but love that so much. Yeah, try Outcast. You might enjoy that one. <laughs> yeah, I figured um, there's this publisher called Avatar Press, and for the most part, they publish horror comics. Um, so like Crossed, uh, a lot of Alan Moore stuff. I figured you guys would be fans of those because your comic reminded me of Avatar Press. Crossed is a lot of fun. Crossed is a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah. Cross, uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely makes you rethink humanity a little bit, and uh, and somehow yeah. there are stories that carry cross that ban us. Yep, I was just gonna <laughs> find, I think that we're offensive <laughs> to say that you have. <laughs> there are stores that have rejected us based on content, and yet they're they're selling preacher and cross, and I, wow. I don't remember cutting anyone's dick off and having like crazy blood <laughs> as a blood <laughs> weapon. Yeah. 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 All I did was yeah. have a room full of dead babies and punch a guy's head off. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Um, for those that are interested, because I mean, your your art is phenomenal. So for those interested, do you do do you, is there do you have a website where you do commissions, or is that something that you only do at shows? No, I take commissions all the time. I don't have a cur- currently a uh, a set website. I had a deviant art and I took it down because some of my artwork was. Uh, Finding itself, finding itself in other places that I wasn't happy about. Oh, yeah. So, um, wow. yeah, so I pulled that. I, t- I do commissions all the time. We did another comic too called Cthulhu Williams, thirteen page, which was a lot of fun. Um, so no, I'm open to always, always uh, doing covers and and whatnot. So they can find me, find me on Facebook, just under Mortimer Glum, and um, yeah, just contact me. I'd be more than happy to work with you on whatever it is that you're looking to build. Fantastic. Or to, or to get featured in one of the issues, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you donate to the Kickstarter, you can get featured. That's right. Yeah, or you can be slaughtered in the feature, right? <laughs> You'll most likely be slaughtered. <laughs> that, I, I, yeah, that's our like our starter level is just uh, victim number 123 in the background, and then we work our way up in price to being an apostle or... Um, you know, get to the know, last page. Kind of thing. So when yeah, is there that... are a whole lot of people left standing at the end of the story. So <laughs> <laughs> when does that Kickstarter uh, start? I guess we're probably a few weeks away from getting it ready. Okay, uh, we still got to get all, all the graphics done and working on the video, and then we'll be ready to run on that. All right, yeah, yeah. end of July, start of uh, early August. Well, let us know, and we'll. Uh, um... Post that out for you. Help you uh, get the word out. Yeah, yeah thanks. I appreciate it. Awesome. Go ahead, Red. 
Now I was just say it's probably about time to wrap everything up. All right. Okay. It's been really All great. Right. I appreciate you guys having us on. No, we appreciate you yeah, guys no. being on. Definitely. Yeah, it was, was fantastic. Fun. Yeah, we spent so much time kind of locked away working in isolation. And, and <laughs> yeah. even we don't work together. I mean, we, we live an hour apart and rarely see each other yeah. face-to-face. So to actually get together and talk about the, the comic is kind of nice. Thanks That's for cool. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Our pleasure. And um, hopefully we can have y'all back on the podcast. I'm sure we will. Later. Yeah. Well, everyone well it's that time where the four of us do something a little different we're just gonna sit down and bs for a little while so have a seat open up a cold one and relax to the soothing sounds of four guys in a comic so gentlemen let's talk shop yes let's so you know we were were joking around a few minutes ago you know we're just all saying hey you know rusty you got to sell us on marvel again so man we're gonna put you on the spotlight why do we need to read Marvel? If you haven't been reading oh, be Marvel nice right now... Yeah, okay, sorry. Civil War, I know you're reading it, Nova. Just going to say that right there. You uh, you try to ask me oh, things about it. So I know Marvel is book. already a thing for Nova right now. Take he may not talk a lot of Marvel, but he's reading Marvel, okay? Uh, I am reading Marvel. I'm reading Black Widow. That's it. Yeah. Okay. That's it? Whoa, okay. Whoa, no, Nova, Nova, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. You, you, you didn't give up on Nova, did you, Nova? I did give up on Nova. Really? Yeah, it just wasn't very good. I, I like the start of Sam Alexander, but yeah. can do it. Can do oh, it. I'm surprised. No, They're I, about I to do you. a new Nova thing. You know that, right? I don't even know what's going on anymore. There's like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Nova either. I'm gonna say that right now. I'm. He's kind gonna of be part of like champions up. now, like some rebel, rebel kid out there trying to show how he's a rebel. Yeah, I, I know. The, the, the sixth edition that came out has been crap. <laughs> oh, the sixth volume of the series? <laughs> yes. Sixth volume. Volume six has been crap. Yeah, no, but uh, Civil War Two. I read the first two issues, and after that, I just couldn't. After that, when an issue drops, I sort of just say, all right, I know who's read it, so give me the spoilers, and that's it. Who died this week? Yeah, I'm mm. with you on that, too, Nova. I've only read the first couple issues of Civil War. You, uh, I keep up on, yeah, up on Moon Knight though. I, I I'm be, I haven't read the latest issue, but I am liking Moon Knight as far as Marvel goes. I was gonna bring that up too as I was going down the line. I know that you read Moon Knight, and I know you ask questions about Moon Knight too. I, I like Moon, but that's it. That's the only title. There is no others. There's a bunch more guys. However, well, however, I will say this: when I was at work the other day, somebody brought in uh, the unbelievable Gwenpool. And they said, you have to read this. It is right up your alley. They said it's super, super funny. And I was like, I don't know, man. Like, that just doesn't seem like something that I... And they are like, no, just trust me. Please go read it. So I promised them I would go through and read them. I haven't done it yet. Uh, it's only been like a day. But I did promise them that I would go through and read the, the Gwenpool series and let them know what I thought. Uh, you need to try it. More power it's to you. It's not bad. It's not that bad. I heard it's yeah. really good. They said it's... Oh, this is coming from a guy that talks about... Polar bears and <laughs> I know, it's a right? panda bear, panda all right. Bear. That panda wears bears. a pink space suit and has a baby, and it's pretty cool. Well, but uh, 
one thing that people always like is X-Men. So how's that been, Rusty? Okay, so X-Men's been kind of rough, guys. I'm going to say that right now. Apocalypse Wars, I mean, like we talked with Colin Bunn, that it's a mix of a bunch of different stories, but uh, that's the thing. You can kind of tell that it's a mix of a bunch of different stories, and I really don't know what is... You can't read it and then try and put each of it together, I guess. You have to accept it as different time periods with Apocalypse. It's like there's a present, a past, and a future. And you have to, they're all coinciding with each other. (laughs) And you know what? I will say this. Don't read Marvel. Apocalypse hasn't popped up much in it. Okay. As weird as that sounds. Uncanny X-Men. Great stuff. I am not even just saying that because it's fun. It's been pretty good. At first, I thought it was honestly a little slow. And then now I'm reading it. I'm like, holy crap. I want to read the next issue. And it's just because there's a bunch of action that's picked up, and the art in it is just, like, great. Like, it's everywhere. It reminds me of, like, late 80s, early 90s, but not, like, Liefeld 90s, okay? More like Jim Lee 90s. And it's it's cool, man. It's really cool. Um, extraordinary, kind of weird in the future. Um the one cool thing is they have new four horsemen of the apocalypse, and if y'all don't know who they are, um, Moon Knight is one of them. Yep. Right, so is Venom. Go back and read it. Yep. Venom is two. Deadpool is one, which is weird. Actually, and I then, like that. And Colossus is the lead horseman. Okay. So I thought Man Thing was one. What? Uh, what? Man Thing is one. Thing was one. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go back. This sounds so there's really five? interesting. I'm not gonna yep. lie to you. I really like this idea. Um, where issue do I need to start on? For uh, it's gonna start on like issue. You have to start from issue one. It's still going from like. They haven't changed it. So when did it start? Like 2015? I mean, how many issues are out, uh, I guess? It's like two years now, isn't it? No, 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 no. It's only on issue 10 now. Oh, okay. So I can oh. start with issue one and then yeah. go. All yeah. Right. You've convinced me, Rusty. Congratulations. I will be reading Uncanny X-Men. No, Extraordinary <laughs> X-Men. Oh, Extraordinary Good thing I said uh, See? Good thing. <laughs> <laughs> extraordinary. You read, you'll be like, what the crap? Oh, okay. But you got to give it a try. You just got to sit down and read it all the way through. I think you're going to like it a lot more reading it all at once than rather just waiting issues. No shit, Rusty. How dare you? How dare you? After you didn't read Invincible, you go and say you just have to sit down and read it all at once. You're yeah. going to put that story on X-Men. I've read it issue oh, by yeah. It's just been going slow. And that's oh, my but God. But read it all at once. I'm sure it's going to be good. Right. Okay, he well. Sold, he sold me, gentlemen. He sold me. And that's then, it. you know, Fred, you need to start reading it, too. You need to get back to your Marvel roots. You're the freaking Red Skull, and you don't read Marvel. Um, actually, I do have Marvel in my pool box each week. Thank you. What do you read of it, though? I have Star Wars. I got Han Solo this week. Yeah, I have uh, Poe Dameron. Uh, there was Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> and Nova. I'll make you, you deal, Rusty. Possible? I'll make you deal. For every issue of Invincible you read, I'll read one issue of your... Ooh, I like ex- it. I like it. That's a deal. It's a deal. And then we'll compare notes. All right. So Rusty's, I mean, Red's never reading Marvel in his life. <laughs> All right, so it's, uh, so it's, so we, I'm sorry, which X-Men series am I going to start? You need to start, read Extraordinary with Tap. Extraordinary. Tech. I'll have All something right. to talk about. Okay. Hey, you guys should do that. You should do that. Nova's like, I'm not going to do that. 
You guys should do that. You guys nope. Right it's Skins of Infinity. I've heard it's really good. I haven't read it myself, but I got the rundown on all the Guardians stuff. Yeah. And apparently, it's about to end, but it, I heard that it was really good. And I know. They, yeah. You it just try. sucks that Guardians of the Galaxy has just been so mediocre. I will agree with you on it used that. It's really good. Cosmic stuff, just because it's, there's not really anything out there besides Agent Venom. I still read Agent Venom, but he's yeah. coming back to Earth soon anyway. It doesn't even matter. Well, I wanted to read Silver Surfer, but I just never get around to it. Silver Surfer is. What do you need to read Silver Surfer for? We get the full lowdown each week from Rusty. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I like Mike Allred's that. art, yeah. Ugh. I feel like if there was like a, a, a version without the dialogue, I would enjoy it more. <laughs> I should get like the previews. You don't like Dan Slot? He's all right. No, just uh, I'd rather not. I thought All Red would have you sold. Yeah, I like All Red, but I also like um, I like Jim Lee. But I'm not going to reread All Star Batman and Robin. No. <laughs> okay. Well, you should still give it a try. It got a nice. I'm sure I will. Eisner. That's true. That's true. That's impressive. That's yeah. good. Yeah, it's good stuff. No, you should. I'm not joking. Even though it's kind of campy, it goes back to what I feel like was volume one, rather, because, you know, he's trapped on Earth. Because he doesn't go in space, like, really anymore. After Secret Wars, he's been on Earth the whole time. So, Interesting. the Silver Surfer, the cosmic Silver Surfer, is trapped on Earth. No, you he's know a, it. He doesn't quit going to space. He just hangs out in New York. He <laughs> has <laughs> a uh, love interest, uh, Don Greenwood. Fair enough. What's Fair. um? What's up? What's the Marvel Superman up to this week or this oh. past uh, issue? Is he still okay, fighting carnies. No, 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 no. He beat the carnies. It right. was dumb. like the worms went into he the took an arc. Yeah, it, it was literally four issues. It, like. Mini arc, I guess. Uh, um, he had this, the dude that I was talking about that had worms that came out of him or whatever and went into your body or what he was like made of worms. I don't know how to describe it. Um, He's Oogie Boogie from Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> it like went into like your eyes and your nose and your ears and he was like, and it was gross looking. But um, yeah, Hyperion was like trapped like that because he realized that what his slogan is, it's for the greater like. The larger picture, so like, um, if more, it benefits more people, he's gonna make the decision based on, which is he has like his three truths thing that he only. You know. Nope, yeah. cracking okay. up right now because he's just over here <laughs> laughing hysterically. Um, but he like the carny was the bigger thing, so he thought it was better that he was there instead of look instead of them chasing doll, and uh, doll came back, and then. Uh, he just beat the Carnies. Doll? Yeah. Doll was doll? the um, sidekick to him in this uh, mini arc. She ran away from the Carnies, and he picked her up on the side of the road, and that's how it initiated the Carney thing. Oh. In the first issue. So she's Dangerous like his Jimmy Olsen. Kind of? <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's like a little, like, I don't, I wouldn't call her a mutant or an inhuman. She's kind of an inhuman? I guess she... Okay, to come to find out, it's a giant alien thing that fell from space, and they put it up on a wall, and when you go and you look at it, you get, like, powers or some kind of ability. It, like, releases a gene in you, kind of like the Terrigen Mist within. All right. But this, it's like a multicolor 
flower monster thing and it gives people powers and she saved it and he saved it and threw it in space and then he like i beamed everybody and then he won now and is, then, this, is this book supposed to have like a comedic take to it because the way you explain it it sounds yeah. comedic it's not really comedic satirical. it's what it is is like basically it felt like the story was based around doll the whole time and that hyperion was just kind of getting dragged along because he didn't really have much dialogue in it and it was mostly doll talking the whole time um and he it's basically him just looking annoyed like why am i doing this why am i doing this why am i doing this like the whole time at least even he's annoyed by it so (laughs) it's like i guess he realizes that he could be out doing bigger things, but he needs to be the protector of Earth, and he has to start from the bottom and work his way up again because of what he came from with all the crap that happened before Secret Wars, basically. Fair enough. Yeah. But the new one, uh, the last issue that I read, um, at the end, uh, Thunder just pops out of nowhere, and he's like, hey. And then the cover of the issue that just came out, yeah, which I haven't yet, has them, like, grasping. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Like embracing, and uh, but it's Thunder in the red costume. It's interesting. I have no idea who Thunder is, so I don't really know who she is either. So <laughs> oh. he's making it sound like, oh, it's really no. interesting. She's in her red costume. I can't like, believe I it. Don't know who that is. Oh, I don't know who she is either. <laughs> I've never read a comic, so that's all I know. I just know what she looks like. All right. Well, issue six has him pinning Iron Man to the ground. So mm. that's oh shoot. If he shows, there's no people that have shown up in this arc, and he hasn't mentioned anyone else. He's been in by himself in the middle of the woods, basically. Now, wait a minute. Is he pinning down Tony Stark Iron Man, or is he pinning down Little Girl Iron Man? Tony Stark, no. (laughs) Can you imagine? It might even be the little girl. (laughs) (laughs) I'm beating up a 12-year-old girl. The next uh, Twitter beef thing. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Who is excited for Suicide Squad? This is Suicide Squad week. So who is excited for Suicide Squad? I know I am. Ooh. Oh, excuse me. All right, that's Red. He's obviously not into it. Red's, Red's checked out it. by this point. <laughs> I mean, I thought the whole, whole Harley Quinn thing looks cool. But really, they've only focused in the trailers, basically, around Harley Quinn. Yeah, she's kind yeah. of a selling point, I think, for them, for the movie, which is Probably. unfortunate. It is. They're trying to sell the sex appeal thing, and I'm not, I don't know, I I don't like sexualization of, like, major characters, or any characters, really. I mean, it happens to guys and girls. I just think it's ridiculous. I just want to read fun comics. Like, I don't need to see giant boobs or butts or abs of steel. I mean, you don't whatever. like seeing Dick Grayson's ass once in a while? Oh, yeah, and Nightwing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's like, I don't know. I mean, it is what it is, I guess. It's always been a part of comics since yeah. at least the 80s, and it will always will be, I'm sure. But um, Longer than that. But, yeah, I mean, sex sells. It's just how, the, how it is. And they're just appealing to the audience with Harley Quinn. Yeah. I don't even think it's a good casting for Harley Quinn, but, yeah. You don't like Margot? No. Really? Who would the Red Skull have cast yeah, for Harley? Yeah, let's do that. Let's go around. Let's have a round table. Who would cast oh, who? Oh, no. You put me on the spot like that. God. <laughs> uh, give me a second to think of the name. and I'll... Well, if you said it was a bad casting, like you had a better one in mind. That's, I, mean, I think I, that's why we asked. I, I guess I just don't like her. No, I just... Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. This doesn't work. It just, I know, it just doesn't work for me. That, that's basically what it is. I don't know if I've seen. I know she was in Wolf of Wall Street, but I haven't seen that. Um, 
So I don't know what else she's been in, to be honest. I don't know if I've she's been in uh, Tarzan recently. Oh, yep. I haven't seen that. I heard it's good, but I have not seen it. Yeah. Red Skull's over here like, that nice girl, Audrey Hepburn. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's wrong with Audrey? Come on. No. Okay, somebody a little more current, Raquel Welch, okay? <laughs> yeah, it's slightly current. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Farrah Fawcett. <laughs> right? Winona Ryder. And Margaret. Oh god, and Margaret. Oh. <laughs> this is, oh. Getting, this so, is getting weird. So from a Harley Quinn <laughs> standpoint, okay, so here's my gripe with the Harley Quinn character. Other than like the costume. I know like once again sex sells, that's exactly what they're doing. I get that. But I'm not feeling the outfit. Like I would prefer a much more classic take on Harley Quinn. Yeah. You want, like, the full suit that's split and black and red? I mean, that would be dope, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, they don't have to That's supposed to appear. They don't, they don't have... Oh, really? It's supposed to make an appearance in the movie, All yeah. right, all right. I'll save Apparently. my reservations. All right, Tap's like, yeah. okay. I'll save my reservations. Now, as far as Jared Leto as the Joker, um, I'm very excited to see his portrayal of the Joker. However, once again, I do not like the... The Tattoos. Costume. Yeah, the costume. I guess you the look. Say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not a fan of the look. Um, the, I don't. I don't mind anything they've done with Harley Quinn. Like she's just become like a, a sex object as well in the comics too. So I can't really blame them. But uh, the one I I just hope she has her big hammer. That's what I was looking for. Because in every picture she's holding like a baseball yeah. bat, which is kind of cool. But you know she's always had her comedic Slender. hammer. You know, um, Margo yeah, was know. talking about, too, how, like, playing the role, she didn't like being in the costume or whatever because uh, she felt like she she was intimidated, I guess, by the role and staying in character. Huh. Weird. Yeah, I guess. yeah like, she was saying that, um, what was it, that Harley Quinn's really confident and really, like, comfortable with her sexuality and how she is. And she says that she was not ready for that and she thought she could do it but it was a lot harder to her than she thought i can see that i guess my other issue with it um is the voice harley's voice i'm so used to the animated series i kept waiting for that brooklyn you know yeah and when i heard the voice i'm like please at least get the voice please at least get the voice and then when i heard it like it's not bad, but it's not. There's no. There's, there's a, like the Brooklyn type accent or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I'm like uh, a little bit of a letdown, but. Oh, yeah. I got a current one. The gal from the Transformers. What's her name? Uh, oh, Fox. Fox. God. Her uh, or Rosemary Whiteley? Megan Fox. That's oh, it. Oh yeah, no. No. Megan Fox. Megan Fox is Harley Quinn. She can't yeah. act. <laughs> <laughs> Neither can the gal playing Harley. Oh, I think she can. I think she can. (laughs) She seemed crazy in the trailers. From the trailers, she did look good in the trailers. I mean, as far as acting skills and stuff, it looked pretty pretty spot on. Same with Jared Leto's laugh as the Joker. You kind of give you a little bit of a sneak preview of that, and that seemed pretty spot on. I'm not gonna lie. You know what? If she wasn't already Mystique, Jennifer Lawrence would have probably been okay at it. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that. She's quirky and kind of funny and out there anyway in real life. So I could see that. Yeah, I'm with you. It, I could it, see that. As for the others, maybe it's just me. I just, I'm not that invested in those characters, like Deadshot and all, like Killer Croc. So, so it's fine who they cast. I mean, I'm sure they'll do a great job. It's not like those characters need, like, 
uh, supreme actors or anything, right? Well, I, mean, I thought it was weird that they casted Will Smith. Okay, here's my <coughs> issue with that casting, and it has nothing to do with the fact that like people are out there and they're like Will Smith, Black Floyd, or, you know Floyd Lawton's white. I don't care about any of that. That's not even my gripe. The accent, no. No, not even that's not even my gripe. My <laughs> okay. gripe about it is is and once again, I don't know until I see the movie, but based on the trailers, um, it's Will Smith playing Will Smith. Like, mm-hmm. if you go back through and you look at any of Will Smith's movies that where he played Will Smith, such as, like, Men in Black, Bad Boys, uh, Independence Day, um, it, those where he's not playing, uh, like, Ollie or anything like that, where he's, like, just being himself, basically, that's he's that's what he's doing in this movie. He's playing Will Smith. Like, he's, he's playing the Fresh Prince is what he's doing. That's like, not his that's... only acting style. He really is not the best actor, yeah. in my opinion. He has one style, and that it works. It works well, but it's the same thing in each well, movie. I think he does good when he's portraying real-life people, like Ali, he was fantastic in. Um, Pursuit of Happiness, he was fantastic in. But those are all based on actual real people. So I think when he's portraying actual real people, he does a really good job. Uh, but any other movie that he's in, it's just... And I love Will Smith. Don't get me wrong. I love his movies, but it's always like... It's the same character. He's just playing Will Smith. It's like Bruce Willis. When Bruce Willis is in a movie, Bruce Willis is playing Bruce Willis. Like, he doesn't play anything but Bruce Willis. You know what Jim I mean? Jim Carrey. Uh, Jim Carrey depends on the role. I would say yeah. no. Jim Carrey is very diverse. I think he can. He does a lot of different stuff. Nowadays he does, but yeah. in the beginning, I can. Basically, say anyone who was in those action movies: uh, Bruce Willis, uh, Sylvester Stallone, of course. <laughs> Any of those guys. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of Sylvester Stallone, they have the one role. Yeah. He got put into a comic movie now. Yeah, he's in Guardians too. Yeah, I know, right? Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah, who's he it's like be why. Uh, they haven't said they think he might be the head of the Nova Corps. So he might oh, be uh, like Judge Dredd. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel Probably. like we did this once before. Uh, well, oh, the, God. The original um, Nova was uh, Ryder, right? Uh, Richard Ryder. Richard Ryder. Yeah. yeah. And uh, new one's Sam, right? Yeah. Alexander. Yeah. Well, they're saying that he might play um, Richard. No, no. he absolutely yes, an older Richard Wright. That's ridiculous. Can you imagine? Yo, Alexander, come here, my boy. (laughs) Come here. (laughs) But yeah, so that would be weird. And they're saying that he's gonna have like maybe a minor role in it, to where he's like just talking to Sam. So yeah, can you just can can you imagine Sylvester Stallone saying like? What in the blue blazes? Like he, it's just no. Yo, what in the blue blazes? <laughs> oh man! No, however, the guilty pleasure here, and maybe it's just me, but does anyone else actually, guilty pleasure wise, enjoy Judge Dredd? Sylvester Stallone's version, not Carl Urban. Carl Urban's was great. And it's cool that was and awesome. And it was a fantastic. I love it. If you ask me which one's the better Judge Dredd movie, obviously Carl Urban all the way. But, like, just as a guilty pleasure movie, I I love Stallone movies. I don't know what it is. Uh, it depends on the Stallone movies. There's a couple of them that are just like, eh. Yeah. I like I'm, Demolition Man. Oh, my God. I love oh, no, Demolition, Demolition Man's Man is great. Cobra. Cobra was just like, oh, my God. I like Ampo. Over the top, yes. Over the top. Okay, I have a really big guilty pleasure for over the top. 
<laughs> I really do. I found it on Netflix the other month, and I watched it like four times in one week. Jeez. All of a sudden, Rusty's at work. He's wearing his hat, and he goes, <laughs> "I gotta go over." <laughs> oh. oh, Jesus! Awesome. You can do it, kid. <laughs> but no, um. You know what else is ridiculous from Guardians? I mean, we haven't heard anything else much from it, but apparently the price of the first appearance of Ego since they announced Kurt Russell being Star-Lord's dad um, and playing Ego is, like, the first appearance of Ego is going up in price, like, ridiculously. Of course. Hang on, are people actually paying it, or are these collectors that are like, hey, I'm going to try to make a quick buck, and I'm going to price it as this and see if it sells? I have no idea, but there's one copy that went on a uh, auction or whatever on eBay. Like, beforehand, you could get it for, like, 12 bucks, right? It went in the for auction for, like, 300 bucks, 350 And now there's one posted online for $1,000, and it's graded by CGC, and it's, like, a 9.8. Yeah, nobody's going to pay that. I guarantee it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Let's see. Here we go. Thor, 132, first appearance of Ego. Uh, Red's doing exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> $130. So that's Thor 132. Here's a $60 one. Yeah, 150. But I'm gonna look at. I'm gonna redo the sort and the filters here. I want to see what's the sold. What has sold? Agreed. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Twenty dollars, thirty-six dollars, seventy-eight dollars seems to be the highest. Oh, here's one graded nine point eight for one thousand three hundred twenty-seven. It did sell. Yep. That's one thousand three hundred twenty-seven. Talking about. I said yep. nobody's gonna pay that. Well, some <sighs> idiot did. Yeah, I that know, right? Now you're looking at it, and it's so like, huh? Bad. Now I'm looking at it going, why don't I have a Thor 132 to sell right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, That's I saw that. Still watching it go up. Uh, me and um, I don't think it was Racer. I think that it was Resin. And he kept posting pictures of it rising and rising and rising. Yeah. And it was just like, what is going on? Well, well played to whoever sold that. Good play, sir. Good play. <laughs> yes. But, but first appearance is where it's at all of a sudden, you know. It used to be number ones, now it's first appearances. Well, that's because there's too many number ones. People can't keep track. Yeah. First appearances can't change. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. And you got to admit, first appearances is a lot cooler to say, hey, I have a first appearance of this rather than I have number one of this. Yeah. yeah, it depends on what it is. My first uh, three years of comic collecting, I only picked up, uh, with back issues anyway, first appearances. So I have a bunch of first appearances of a bunch of different random minor characters, uh, mostly in uh, X-Men and uh, some in Spider-Man. Yeah. You never know, man. Now you, you might, one of these miners might start in a movie and you're super rich. Yeah, well, I picked up, thanks to Rusty, I actually picked up, uh, I'm a fan of the character, I have this big action figure of him, but first appearance of Bishop for, yep. like, 12 bucks, I think, maybe less Half than that. price. Yeah. So, I don't know if it's ever going to be worth it. I don't really care. I just got it because I like the character. And it was yeah, good. Bishop's pretty, uh, pretty badass. Yeah, I like Bishop. I like cool the Bishop with the uh, mullet, though. That's what I got, yeah, yeah, yeah. Has to have the mullet. Yeah, there you go. Oh, all my toys are falling. Yeah, there you go. With the mullet. <laughs> the one no one trusted. <laughs> Is he like the red bandana? Yeah. Yeah. 
But he's still rocking the uh, yellow and blues. Oh, yeah, man. 92 all the way. Oh. 92. Yeah, I got a bunch of cool action figures from back You know, I'm sure Red once owned that issue, too, and then he sold all his X-Men and never told me about it. <laughs> yeah. He's I mean, I was only I was only missing a couple issues of X-Men. Crazy. Crazy. and Insane. Deranged. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And all my spy, amazing Spider-Men are gone now, too. You never owned a 300, though, did you? Oh, which number one? Which one? 300? No, that's I was missing that one. Bad day. Okay. You had a first carnage, though, didn't you? Oh, God, yeah. That one's pretty easy to pick up, too, right now. It's pretty cheap. <clears throat> yeah, you can still get it cheap. Yeah, yeah. Until the movie comes out, then it'll jump up another $20. Yeah, right. Take a wild guess at how much you can get a, a Carnage for a tap. What Carnage? First period. Yep. Um, I know my local shop selling one. It's a graded nine point six for like one fifty. Oh, you usually get them ungraded for like twenty bucks, fifteen bucks. Not a three sixty one. I've looked, and if you can, they're not in that great a condition. I got mine in a 20. I got mine for 20. But didn't you get yours in an auction? No, I bought it at a shop. Yeah, my shop has a great... Well, the one, well I have many shops, but the one that I know that it's at, they're... Needless to say, it's high. Um, I was going to say, all of my Amazing Spider-Man that I had that was over issue 200, I picked everything up out of a dollar bin, including that one. Nice. Wow. Yeah, I yeah. got issue 360, where it's the first cameo of uh, Carnage at the very last page. Um, I picked that one up for like a buck. But, yeah, I don't have 361 yet. I only got 360. Which tells you again it, you need to buy image number ones because... I did, actually. Like I said, I picked up Snot Girl. Yeah, it's Snot Girl. So, okay. Snot Girl. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I picked up both the covers A and B. Read it. What did you guys think? I didn't read it. I haven't read it yet. <laughs> I haven't oh, read it yet Lord. either. Okay, so for our <laughs> listeners, <laughs> actually, you know what? I was, I, I was, God, I would love to hear your guys' opinion. But basically, for me, I was going through it and it's like, man, this is written for a 14, 16-year-old girl to read and enjoy. I was kind of like, I was disappointed, but I was like, okay, it's in my hand. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. And I was going through it and it's like, you know, okay, whatever. You know, it's, it is what it is. Get to the last two pages. It had such a hook on it that I can't wait to read the next issue now. Really? Oh. Yes. I went for, I started disappointed, and I ended up like, oh, I'm ready for issue two. Wow. And just to give you guys a heads up, <clears throat> with uh, Snot Girl, it's going into second printing. Uh, the second printing will be out on August 17th, and issue number two will be out on August 24th. Well, I'll, maybe I'll try to get it read by then. <clears throat> I just know that it's the same guy that wrote uh, Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, and so uh, Leo Malley, yeah. Brian Leo Malley, yeah, yeah. Brian, and uh, Leslie Hung. Um, uh, I'll check it out. I honestly, I grabbed it because you never know what's going to happen with image titles, and I was in the mm-hmm. shop, and it was there. I didn't go there just for it. I was already in the shop doing other things, yeah. and I saw it, and I was like, eh, why not? So I grabbed it. Now, did you guys pick up Horizon number one? No, nope. but I read it. I missed it. I completely forgot to get it in my pull box, and. It was I, 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 that's what I hear. I hear it's really good. 
And I need to go check a few shops that may still have it that I think will have it. Because that one as well has gone into a second printing. It will be out on uh, August 17th for second printing as well. Do you guys need to uh, check out Kill or Be Killed? I guess when we're recording this, it hasn't come out. But what is it going to be? The 3rd? 3rd of April. Oh, 3rd of August it came out. Um, mm-hmm. It's written by Ed Brubaker. Don't ask how we've read it or I've read it before it's come out. Uh, that's, uh, that's a trick, do, do, trick of the trade. Do, 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 do. But um, When you're a four guy, you get the privileges. And it was fully legal. Uh, yes, it was. And it, it was really good. Written by Ed Brubaker with, uh, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure it's Sean Phillips on our work. I'd have to check again, but it was sweet. Um, if you guys have a chance to check it out, I recommend it. It's... It, it didn't have a hook at the end, I'd say, but the whole the whole issue was a hook. Just the concept itself was, was pretty sweet. I All liked right, it. So- and that's the thing with Brubaker. It's either, to me, it's either hit or miss. He either writes something really good or it's just like, really, Ed? <laughs> this is what you pulled out? Um, speaking of which, you know, I just started the other day reading uh, his series uh, uh, Velvet. Oh. Yeah. That's the only one I haven't read by him. And I'm telling you, I, I, after the first issue, it was like, wow, oh my gosh. It's, the best way to describe it is think of like a female James Bond. Yeah. It's the best way to put it. And That's it has the born identity type of stuff in, mixed into it. And it's just that it's your mystery. And it was like, and it was really well written, really well inked. Uh, to, that was by uh, Steve, Steve Epstein. Yeah, Steve Epstein. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's great. Yeah, he is. And the oh my gosh, it was just wow. And I can't. I got all fifteen issues, and after done recording tonight, I, I'm gonna gotta dive right back into it. And I, I recommend so far just pick it up, read it. It is good. You're not gonna read much of it because I'm gonna read an issue of Invincible after this and make you read an issue of X Men. <laughs> Okay. Plus, you, better, you, you better put your money where your mouth is, man. Because at this point, I think we've all we've all heard it more than more than enough times. We'll see. Even my even my wife two nights ago sat down and started reading Invincible. Wow! Oh, really? How far did you get? Uh, issue two. Oh. <laughs> that's cool. But this is the first comic she's ever read in her life. Like that's cool. Yes. So, well, speaking of image and kick-ass comics that have come out recently, um, I'm very happy and excited that Postal is back. It yeah. was on hiatus there for a little while, and uh, thanks to uh, everything, I got to read the newest issue of Postal, and I was, whoo, it was good. <laughs> Mark, the main character, Mark, for those that read Postal, Mark didn't have a whole lot to do with it. They kind of introduced a new character into it. Um, so they're going with a new arc, but man, was it still good. Brian, Edward Hill, oh my god, I love that man's writing. I'm really stoked for Romulus. Oh, tell me about it. I can't wait for Romulus. I'm just I'm like, pretty excited to read that, too. That is going to be wait, awesome. Rusty's going to read an image title? So yeah, I read Spawn. <laughs> Come on now. Mm. Yes, but, yeah, uh, that looks good. But yeah, Postal came out along with uh, the new issue for Revival. Uh, what else came out recently? Oh, Paper Girls, number seven, came out. Uh, number six, actually, last month, went into second printing as well. Post, If you haven't read Paper Girls, pick it up. It is just, like, pretty cool, especially if you're a fan of the 80s. Hey, Red, Tokyo Ghost, number nine, it's this week. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and you know what the sad I mean, After my, my review of it, I yeah. forgot to take it off my pull list. I went to go pick it up, and it's in my box, and it's like, 
I only have the first aid. <laughs> <laughs> Nail Biter's yeah. coming out with a new issue this week as well. I'm very excited about a new Nail Biter issue. Then again, I'm excited about anything Joshua Williamson does. I I love that man. Keep going. Well, I'm finally catching up on all of Ghosted because, well, for my birthday, for those that don't know, for my birthday, Nova uh, hooked me up with all the remaining issues that I was missing for Ghosted so I could catch up on those. And uh, I've got like three issues to go of Ghosted and then I'll be done with it. So I'm, I'm very excited to be finishing that up as well. Um, cool. Yeah, actually, I just got my last couple issues of Nailbiter. Then like you mentioned, I got, I'm going to, now I can binge read and go through that it took me a long time to get around to reading nailbiter and i'm sad that it did take so long yeah god dang is it good it's really good I what was... have I, i've read issue one and two of nailbiter it's I... good yeah it's joshua williamson though i joshua williamson to me is like grant morrison and nova <laughs> whoa let's hear you say everything i said okay yeah, you know what i'm ready for... yeah that's what i want to here. I want to I want to hear this um I want to hear this uh impression of that oh, uh right. Brian was talking about yeah. doing. Yeah, Brian he did it. He was going to do an impression of Grant Morrison. Yeah. Yeah, he did it. I don't know why he suddenly mentioned that, but he he did it the first time we interviewed him for like 10 mm-hmm. seconds. I, I think it's a standard Connery. plug that he uses. <laughs> I remember him doing Sean Connery. I don't know. Maybe it was that yeah, he did Sean Connery. I remember that. He did like three or four different ones. Yeah, he likes it. He he has a good time doing the the impressions. But yeah, we need to get him back on later too. Oh, absolutely. Especially like because post or uh, not postal Romulus is dropping soon. So, oh oh, did you guys read? Um, for those that have read Postal, um, at the end of this latest issue, there is a sneak preview, if you will, uh, to another title called. Uh, uh, Eden Fall or after Eden? Yeah, Eden. Eden, Eden, Eden uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what it's yeah, called? Eden. Yeah, I think that's oh, what it was. That, that looks that's really the, good too. Isn't that the crossover of all the Matt Hawkins stuff? Yes, or, Symmetry, yeah. Tithe, and uh, uh, Think Tank. Postal. Think Tank, okay. Yeah, yeah. Think Tank, that's yes. It. Yeah, and I asked Brian uh, on Twitter, I said, hey, are you going to be... Uh, He's writing that, yeah. Yeah, I was like, are you going to be writing this as well? And he goes, I sure am. And I said, yes! Yeah, because <laughs> I really, I really like his writing. I mean, I've only read Postal, but oh, yeah. I really mm-hmm. enjoy his writing. So far, so good. Absolutely. Speaking of which, have you guys read? From talking about indies, have you guys read Four Kids Walk Into a Bank yet? I read the first issue. No, I toe keeps it. talking about it. No, well, I got issues so one funny. and two. It's sitting, sitting on the stack, and it's like I keep looking. It's like uh, two issues, but I got this to read. Do I start yeah. it now? <laughs> Right, the, the, it's so hard. Yeah, the artwork's a bit. It's not the best thing ever, but the book is hilarious. I, I was laughing, almost constantly. It's really funny. What would you compare it to, Nova? If you had to, if you had to try to compare it to something, <laughs> I would compare it to like a a good comedy routine that makes me laugh. Okay. No, um, <laughs> what I meant was, the like, poor guys. <laughs> what, what, what's it about? Or something? it's a, it's it's kind of okay. So these kids playing like. You know, you got these Dungeon and Dragon kids who always hang out together, and um, there's, you know, school bullies, and it turns out their dad is, uh, I, I don't even, it's it's been a while, but I don't know, it's just, the the way these kids talk to each other, there's like this Jewish kid who, 
whose mom constantly embarrasses him. I think they call him Burger. But, you know, it's it, there's just these really funny moments in it. I, I can really compare it to anything just because it's so weird and different. Alright, alright. So, I've been meaning to ask you guys, what no. current, like, TV shows are out there right now that you guys can see being made into a comic? And I was going to throw one out there that I've been really enjoying watching. My wife and I have been binge-watching it, and that's Shameless. I don't know if you guys have been watching Shameless. I'm familiar. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. It's a, it, well, it started off as a British show, and it went so well that the U.S. picked it up, and it's going on the season seven now. And just watching the show, I, I keep saying to myself, this would make a great image title. It, and it's basically a dysfunctional family. The father is an alcoholic druggie who doesn't give a crap about his family. You got the oldest daughter, Fiona, who, you know, takes care of, the, of her, let's see, three brothers and two other sisters. So there's six, he has six kids. And they, the kids have to raise themselves because... He's either when he's home, he's passed out, or he's trying to steal money, or trying to uh, <laughs> ruin their lives, basically. And it's just this stuff that happens is just so off the wall. You would never think. Well, a lot of the shows that I watch are already based off of the comic book. <laughs> so I have a really good one that they need to make into a comic book, and I thought about it because I saw a meme for it. But strange things. Yeah, oh. I could see okay. that. I could yeah, see that. I could see that being like an IDW comic or something. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I thought it will be. Yeah, I bet you it will. But it, I feel like that would be such a good comic book. Can Joe Hill write it? That'd be pretty sweet. Right. You just gotta you gotta like embrace the '80s in their fullest in it. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so one that I would have, it would be more of a comedic one. Uh, but if I had to think of one, I would have to say probably. Silicon Valley on HBO. That's um, a good one. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's it's absolutely yeah. it's really really funny. And I think that would be a kind of a fun. I think that one would be actually translate well. It's like a nice comedic title. Mm-hmm. And so it's like Valiant picking it up. Yeah, I could see. Well, I could even see like yeah. the guys from The Fix doing it. Like it's that uh-huh. kind of. So oh, yeah. kind of comedy. You know what I mean? I don't know. I could see that one. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Games of, Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, I'm surprised that's not already a comic. Yeah, really. Like Abby, I mean, it is already a comic. There are comics for Games of Game of Thrones. <laughs> is that there really comics for it? Yeah. Yeah, I could see All Silicon right. Valley though. That would that'd be my choice, I guess. I guess I don't pot go through the dollar bin box enough these days to find Game of Thrones. Ooh, zing. <laughs> I've never seen an episode of Game of Thrones. Neither have I. I've never seen an episode either. No. I've seen all of the first season and half of the second, and I'm slowly getting through. I just have so much other stuff that I'd rather be watching. Oh, speaking of comic books and TV shows, this reminds me. I don't know. Is anybody here a fan of, or were a fan of the Tick? Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the and the writer yeah. was ready to come on our show too. Oh, I mean, like the original writer of the Tick. I know which one you're talking about. He did a couple of the spinoff series. Okay. Um, but uh, so the Tick, obviously, it was a cartoon for it ran for a few. It was a comic initially. Um, well, actually, it was a logo for a comic company, which turned into a comic. Um, and then it was an animated series for a few years, like in the mid to late 90s. 
And then it ran for nine episodes um, in 2001 to 2002 with Patrick Warburton in a live-action version of The Tick. It ran on Fox. Does anyone remember the live-action version with Patrick Warburton? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so yesterday I'm messing around, looking on different websites, you know, seeing what new pop culture news and whatnot. And uh, Amazon is doing a TV movie for Amazon subscribers. So basically it's an Amazon movie um, of The Tick. And it's releasing on August 19th. But it's not Patrick Warburton as The Tick. They got all new actors to play all new all these new roles. Uh, apparently Patrick Warburton is going to be executive producing is what I heard. Um, but like Bat Manuel's not in it. Um... Captain Liberty, I think is what her name. She's not in it. Like it's like different characters, but the Tick mm-hmm. and Arthur are like the two mainstays. And uh, the guy that's gonna be playing the Tick is I'm gonna butcher his name, Peter Safranowitz or something like that. He's a big voice actor, um, but he was also in Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, he played like Denarian Saul or something like that, um, and he's been in a couple other things. But he's mainly just a real big voice actor. Uh, but he's going to be playing the Tick, and it's coming out in Amazon. And they had set photos of the new costume and what the show's going to look like and whatnot. And uh, so that inspired me to, uh, well, buy uh, the nine episodes that were on Fox on iTunes for like eight bucks. And I went back and watched a few of them last night, and it's a lot funnier than I remember it being. Wow. Okay, you didn't sound too confident there at first. I think yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, it's because that's how I started off. I'm like, I don't really remember laughing a lot at this. So I was kind of like, eh, we'll see what happens. And then as I'm watching it, maybe it's just because I'm older and I can appreciate different kinds of comedy now. I don't know. But it's actually a lot funnier than I remember it being. And I was like, this is actually pretty. It's really corny, really over the top, um, absolutely ridiculous. But it's it's still really good. So I'm actually very excited. For the new Tick movie on Amazon. Yep, you're here. I'm excited. <laughs> I am. I, I'm pretty stoked about it. Kind of remind me, you know, I was reading an article last night that I actually I thought was kind of interesting. I mean, VCRs. We've all had VCRs. At I least still I think have we, one. You still have one. We'll keep it. Oh, yeah. No, I got to rewind. I just bought it, it like six it, months ago. What does it do? Does it... Does it end up creating money after a while? <laughs> yeah, well... Um, so there's there's only been one company left in the world that's been producing VCRs worldwide, and they just announced that this is going to be the last month of making them and shipping them. As of next month in September, VCRs are considered to be dead. Nobody will be making VCRs or VC8 VHS tapes anymore. Well, to be quite honest with you, I thought it's been dead for twenty yeah. years. So what have they, yeah, what purpose have they been making them for? For over other, I get like countries, the flop, I guess. <laughs> I get like I get like the floppy disk NASA still uses, so I get why that's being made. Yeah. But why the VCR? I guess maybe they did it just to see how long it they could go until they're broke. I, yeah, I guess. I don't. I mean, I don't know why, but it's officially considered dead. <laughs> maybe we'll get. A I heard that they were making them for like collectors and stuff. You know how oh, people. Re- that's why stuff. I bought one. Stuff. Yeah, like I wouldn't mind going out and buying one just so I can get these old tapes. I have one stuff. sitting right beside me. Well, not beside me, but under my TV. I bought uh, one 
due to the fact that a lot of the movies, I, like we've discussed this, we I love '80s movies, and a lot of those movies, yes, you can find them on DVD, <laughs> but it's not the same as popping in a VHS tape and, and, kicking and having the and static having the lines and the static, <laughs> and then as you're rewinding the movie, you hear that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. There's yeah. something nostalgic about it, and I love it. So. Speaking of which, for me, my VHS tape, my or my VHS player is in the attic, right next to my Blu-ray player. I don't need those things anymore. I have my iTunes. I'm happy. See, yeah, I don't know. Blu-ray players in the attic. Holy cow! Now, yeah, he's I don't modern. All that. He's modern. He's well, ahead if, of the time. If mine was. It's only due to because of the fact I have a PS4. That'd be the only reason my mind's yeah. in the attic, but. Speaking of nostalgia, who's going to be buying that $60 NES little thing that Nintendo's putting up? Because I'm going to oh freaking buy it. bet I'm buying it. <laughs> that it looks so cool, doesn't it? I'm so excited. I would, but I actually still have the original 88 okay. Nintendo sitting over here. And it's still in such a can that you don't even have to blow on the cartridges. You don't remember blowing in them and put them in and hit them a mm. bunch of times. Yeah, you don't have to do that with this one. It literally, you just plug in a cartridge, it boots right up. I wonder what you're cleaning that uh, cartridge tray with. Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> Compressed air? No, Windex. Oh, wow. No, Windex yeah. and a Q-tip. Just spray a little right, bit of so... Windex on your Q-tip. Nice. We're editing this part up. Well, you know what? There's another thing that's coming out, and I since you brought up the games already, we're just going to go with it. He's in comics, so it's relevant. But have y'all seen the trailer for the new Sonic game? No. Okay, it's like called Sonic like Super or Mega or something. Anyways, um, they went back to the 2D style, and it looks like a Sega Genesis Sonic game. Really? But it has 3D elements to it. So it's still a side-scroller, and it's still pixelated and everything, right? Like 16-bit, but but he can be, like, put in a cannon and shot across the stage or, like, end up in different places. Kind of like what they did with um, uh, Mario Maker, where they made, like, a 2D Mario game, but they threw in 3D elements to it. So what is this going to be on? What system? So it's going to be on PlayStation and Xbox, as weird as that sounds. So you can get it on your new-gen consoles. That's cool. I might have to check that out. I do enjoy me some Sonic. The trailer looks so cool. It looks like you're watching a Sega Genesis. And I will say, Sonic the Hedgehog just had a release. He still has a monthly comic ongoing on Archie Comics. Go check it out. <laughs> you know, I kind of want to check it out. I saw the preview thing for it, and we had, we we could read the full issue if we want, and I'm thinking about doing it just because I've never read Ooh, a man. comic. See, Red, Sonic? I told you. Red, you're never reading Marvel again in your life, dude. Oh, no, that's <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, right after this, Invincible, it's going to happen. There's a new one that everybody's talking about called Sonic Boom Fire and Ice, but that's 3DS. Yeah, that's not what it is. That's the one that's coming out here shortly. It's, next, it's not coming out for a minute. They released it at uh, San Diego Comic-Con, I think. Oh, so it's got a while before it drops. Yeah. Gotcha. Speaking of uh, games, there's there's this game I just heard about, surprisingly enough. That I really want to play. I've never played these like Telltale games before. I'm not a big gamer anymore. In no, general, I like Batman Telltale. game. Yes. Episode one just recently dropped. Wait, so, it did? yes. Oh, mm. oh, 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 they sweet. did a good job with the Walking Dead game. So I'm yeah, imagining they did. that the uh, Batman game is going to be pretty good. I played I mean, episode one of uh, Walking Dead, and I did enjoy it a lot. It was yeah. a lot of fun. 
I want to get the Telltale Back to the Future one. That one looks like it's going to be enjoyable. Yes, I agree with you. You can get the entire trilogy. I think it's like 20 yeah. bucks. Yeah, it's really cheap. Yeah, I want to get that as well. I am with you. Yeah, that looks, that's pretty exciting. So have you played, yeah. you, you said you have or you haven't played Batman? <laughs> oh, I, have, I, I haven't, no. Um, I'm sure I will sometime soon. I'm looking it up now. I didn't realize it was out already. Yeah, just I don't know how these work. Did they with like Walking Dead? They just released episodes periodically. It wasn't like a. Well, you could they released them periodically, and you would just pay. I think it was like five bucks an episode, and you uh, would pay the five bucks to download it. But then after all episodes were released, they eventually would release them all on disc. So you could, like Back to the Future, for instance, you can go in and buy a mall for twenty yeah. bucks on disc. Okay. That's okay. Cool. You know, I think there's someone you want to ask about that Walking Dead game. Uh, Jake actually streams it, so mm-hmm. there's that's what I was going to say because they they were all streamed first. They're all PC. Then I want to say it was like two years ago they finally came out with the discs for uh, Xbox. Can we just talk about how stupid it is that Hawkeye killed Hulk? See, Can we just okay. talk about it. Can we just talk about how dumb that was? I, don't I think know what you're talking about. For- yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm down. Let's talk. I don't know what you're talking about. In Civil War Two, number two. I think it was number two. No, oh, I thought I read that issue, but apparently. And then three was the trial of Hawkeye. So stupid. So basically, uh, the, the the Ulysses guy has a vision that the Hulk's gonna go crazy and kill someone. So yeah. they go to Bruce Banner, who's hiding in like a barn, and they basically confront him. And all of a sudden, you see an arrow fly and just take him down right in the head headshot he's yeah, dead it's all of a sudden out of the hawkeye. woods just like hawkeye arrow straight through the dome. Just, yeah who apparently just chills in a tree outside of this barn for yeah god only knows how no, no, long no, no. Bears. You just, i don't know if you caught this because i had to go back and reread it to catch it um he was with captain marvel's group and then he snuck away while they confronted Bruce Banner so he can get okay. a position to shoot if he had to. Okay, All right. so what they're doing is they're making Hawkeye into more of a badass, and they're trying <laughs> to get Bruce Banner Hulk out of the way so they can bring in more totally awesome Hulk um, with Amadeus Cho. That's yeah. what they're doing. But yeah. what they did is they, they basically arrested um, Clint afterwards. Yep. And I don't know, it just, I, I, I don't know what's going on with Hulk, granted, but it just seems like, I, I thought at some point Bruce had cured himself, and then at another point there was like, oh, he can't kill himself because the Hulk will always, mm-hmm. he'll always turn into the Hulk yeah. because of the adrenaline and stop the, and like, heal and whatnot, so I just, I didn't get the whole thing, it sort of felt weird. So what you're saying is Bruce Banner's coming back from the dead in a year. Yeah. Uh, Maybe. Yeah, him and Wolverine will just pop up at the same time. <laughs> yeah. How did then, you do it? Well, I had Wolverine's healing power added into my... <laughs> those experiments I was doing on myself. Yeah, and then yeah. I'd be like, I put adamantium in myself so I could dig him out of his uh, cocoon. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, whoa, you guys are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will. I won't lie. If you did like a Hulk Wolverine team up where they just go through and just destroy everyone, that would be a fun comic. Okay, so I have a theory for this, and I want Uh-oh. to see if y'all can go with it. Okay, at the time Wolverine died, okay, they did the death of Wolverine, correct, and then they had the death of Deadpool to spoof off of it, basically, right? Correct. 
when Wolverine comes back, I bet you they bring Deadpool back to life from that time. And it's like, oh, and then he kills current Deadpool and be like, this was another universe Deadpool. Blah, 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 blah. That's a very good theory, Rusty, because it's yeah. probable. <laughs> yeah, it's Marvel. They, they'll do that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Maybe we should ask Marvel if we can just review every one of their titles and we promise we won't go bashing them. Nah, I, I can't. I can't hold to that. We will review your titles with the subtlety of Deadpool. That's why we have those fantastic helpers who review our who review comics every day on Facebook. Awesome plug! <laughs> yeah, pay me up, guys. I just sponsored our own podcast. Pay <laughs> up. <laughs> oh my yeah. god! But yeah, no, seriously, they do great reviews. Um, yeah, they, they do. Marvel, we... Even if they can piss off a writer every now and then. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> hey, man, we got blocked by Bob. Oh. No, he's not. He didn't never blocked us. No, he didn't block us. Oh, yeah, he never Bob, blocked Bobby us. Bobby okay. never blocked yeah. us. No. All right. Weird. I stand corrected. No. He just, uh, he, he, he just, just got, we just, we just offended him. A lob, a lob I failed. That's it. <sighs> He's got no feet and huge pecs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's been fun, fellas. I love this. I, I love having conversations like this. It's it's uh, uh ener- energizing, refreshing, yeah. It's good to laugh and joke around. I enjoyed it. Nice. Alright. So I guess that is gonna end today's podcast. For four guys in a comic, but don't leave just yet because we still have some weekly releases for you. All right, here we are, everyone. It's time for weekly releases. The weekly releases for August 10th, 2016. And first up on the list, we have Rusty to talk about Marvel. Go ahead, Rusty. All right, guys. So starting off the Marvel Roundup, we have Accused number one. And if you didn't know, like I didn't know, that is the trial and the accusation of Hawkeye killing Hulk. Spoiler. Also, we have two different covers for it, one by Ron Lim. Next is A-Force number eight with two different covers. Uh, One was a Black Panther variant. We have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. number eight. We have... All new, all different Avengers number 13. And Alex Ross did the cover for the regular cover, which is always cool. Then we also have the all new, all different Avengers annual number one with more Alex Ross goodness. After that, we have all new X-Men number 12. And then we have Amazing Spider-Man number 15 going into a second printing and 16 coming out on the same day. We will also have a new Black Panther with number five. And that one has gosh knows how many variants. I think it's like seven. I can't even go through all of them. Then we have Ed McGinnis, Marvel some some takeover variant of Daredevil number 10. And then we have Ron Garney doing the regular cover. We have a Red's favorite, Darth Vader number 24 coming out. We also have... <laughs> Sad day for the last one. Yeah. Deadpool and Mercs for Money number two with two different covers. After that, we have Empress number five of seven, and I know Nova was talking about reading that. Then we have Guardians of the Galaxy Infinity trade paperback. Okay, I didn't know that was over already, but all right. Then we have 
Invincible Iron Man number 10 getting a second variant or a second printing. We have Invincible Iron Man number 11 getting a second printing. Seven, eight, nine. They're all going into second printings. It's crazy. Then we have Old Man Logan number 10. Scarlet Witch number 9. Spider Man 2099 number 13. We have Spider Man Deadpool number 1 going into an amazing seventh printing. Wow. And then number two is going into a sixth, three is going into a fifth, fourth is going into a fourth, fifth is going into a third, sixth is going into a second, and then eight is coming out that day as well. So that's a lot of reprints on Spider-Man Deadpool, guys. Then we have, to end it off, Vision, number 10, and I know Nova's excited for that. That's a lot of stuff. I guess everybody better check their couch cushions and uh, their car change. You say couch cushions? Couch cushions. <laughs> okay. So, Nova, what do you have for us? Well, I've got some IDW stuff for you guys. Um, yeah. First off, we've got Atomic Robo and the Temple of Odd. Uh, number one of five. Uh, so it seems like a pretty interesting book. Uh, there's going to be two covers for that. We're going to have Biggest Bang, number four of four. Of course, IDW does limited series. Uh, Disney Magic Kingdom Comics number two. I know Red's yes. been waiting for that one. Yes. We've got Haunted Horror number 23. Hot Damn number five of five with two covers. Uh, Hunter S. Thompson's Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, which based on the name alone, I feel like Toe would really want to check out. Uh, which <laughs> With cool. two covers there. Jackboot and Iron Heel. Number one of four. Oh, Gem and the Holograms, Volume Three, Red. Jot that no, down. No, no, no. Actually, that is Reagan. I think. If oh, very true. Gem. Very true. Yep. But we've got the Max Maximize Number Thirty Four, which is awesome. Uh, if you guys haven't been reading that, Popeye Classics Number Forty Nine, going strong. We're following up with Satellite Falling Number Four with two covers. A Snake Tales hardcover. Don't know what that is, but Snake Tales. <laughs> oh, woo! Oh, whoa, we got something a little unusual here. Yeah. Steranko, Nick Fury, and Captain America Artist's Edition. Yes. Red, whoa. I know. That How looks like we haven't said anything? Good. Well, you know, I was <laughs> holding back. And speaking of uh, Reagan and Red, Strawberry Shortcake number five <laughs> with four <laughs> covers. Hopefully it'll come with a scratch and sniff inside. I'm hoping. Ooh, it'll be strawberry, though. Yeah. Uh, and last but not least, X-Files number five, for those of you that can't get enough with the countless seasons. All right, Tap, what have you got? All right, folks. So for DC Comics, once again, everything in Rebirth is going to have two different covers, all right? So just take that as is. And DC, I'm not going to list them all, but they're releasing a lot of action figures this week, all right? So make sure if you're into that sort of thing, you go check them out because they got a lot of really cool ones that are dropping. So for comics, we have Action Comics, number 961, All-Star Batman, number one. That one actually has five different covers, okay? Um, and this, Nova, you might enjoy some of these, man. You got covers by John Romita Jr. Okay, fair enough. You have covers by Jock. You have a cover by Declan Shalvey. And you have just a blank one as well. Um, Astro City Honor Guard, hardcover. 
Batman Superman Volume 4 trade paperback. Batman Superman Volume 5 Truth Hurts hardcover. Um, Batman the Golden Age Omnibus Volume 2 hardcover. <laughs> Batman the Golden Age Volume 1 trade paperback. Uh, let's see. Statues and action figures galore. Uh, Deathstroke Rebirth Number 1. Deathstroke Volume 3 Suicide Run trade paperback. Detective Comics Number 938. Earth 2 Society, number 15. What I'm excited for, The Flash, number 4. The Flintstones, number 2. Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, number 2. Justice League Rebirth, number 1. New Superman... Oh, and that's the second printing variant cover, by the way, folks, because that issue has dropped. Uh, New Superman, number 2. Red Hood and the Outlaws, number 1. Suicide Squad, Most Wanted, El Diablo and Boomerang, number one of six. Supergirl, Volume 2, Breaking the Chain, Trade Paperback. Superwoman, number one. Teen Titans, Earth 1, Volume 2, Hardcover. Wonder Woman, number four. And last but not least, oh, and by the way, folks, that's probably the last cover that you'll see by Frank Cho. Um, And then last but not least... Why the Last Man, volume number five, trade paperback. Red, what do you got from the wonderful world that is Image? Well, Image doesn't have too much, but what they do have is worth your while, worth your dollar. First off, we have Birthright, number 18. Woohoo! Yeah, I know. And this next one is in my pull box Elephant Man, issue number 72. Also, the Fix, issue number one, is going into a fifth printing. And the fix issue number four is going into a second printing. Good job it, for them. I know. And if you haven't listened to our podcast with artist Steve Lieber from The Fix, check it out. You're really going to enjoy it. He talks a lot of great stuff about uh, the issue, and we can't talk enough about it ourselves. We'll also be getting this week Ringside issue number six. And you'll also be getting Spread issue number 15 with covers A and B. You'll also be getting... Symmetry, issue number six, with covers A and B, brought to us by our friend Matt Hawkins. And we have plenty of podcasts with Matt Hawkins on it, so be sure to check that out and check him out. And finally, the last one I want to put down to everybody, make sure this is in your pull box. Make sure you get it. Make sure you read it. Don't pass this one up because it's worth a four ninety nine. That's going to be Black Monday Murders, issue number one. that will be coming out next Wednesday, written by Jonathan Hickman. And it looks good. And if we all know, he does great stuff. But that's all I got this week for Image, and that's all we have for the week, for the issues coming out on next Wednesday, August 10th. So tune in to Four Guys in a Comic next time when we will discover all sorts of amazing facts. 